Hello, my friends, and welcome back uh, to another episode of The Informed Catholic. Now, we are in the third week of Advent, the third week of Advent. This is the, the, uh, the week of joy because, you know, the candle is more like a <clears throat> rose pink, I guess you can call it, whatever uh, it is. It's a, it's a rose pink candle and it's, um, it's the joy, the joy of the coming of the Savior. Uh, we're getting close to the joy because from the third week we go into the fourth week <clears throat> and that's pretty much it. Then uh, Christmas Eve comes and it's officially Christmas. A lot of people, I think, honestly, we all as Catholics, I didn't do it this year. It's always comes upon me by surprise. We should uh, light candles and uh, say a prayer, uh, you know, have this um, celebration as we reach. Because it's true. One, we should practice um Practice uh, teaching ourselves to be prepared for judgment. And in a way, we should do it with joy because uh, fear and enjoy because that way we could prepare ourselves for our death. Because one way or another, the second coming is going to happen in our lifetime, either officially, universally, Christ will come or the whole world will see him. And then personally in our lifetime, because we're all going to die. We're all going to stand in judgment. And it, yeah, it should be a frightening thing because are we ready? Are you ready? Am I ready to face the Lord? And that's something we should ask ourselves this question. We should ask ourselves this question all year round. Momento mori. Remember death. Remember, you will die. The, the emperors at one time or some general, uh, they would, when they would go to stand before Caesar or to receive the crown or whatever, because, you know, the Roman emperors always had this God complex thing. And there would be a priest, uh, a pagan priest, and he would hold a, a skull behind them. This, you can say, is truth. We all, all true religions, Judaism and Christianity especially, because they're, too, they're truly divine revealed religions. Even Islam, even though it's inspired from Judaism and Christianity, they all would remind their believers to remember death. The priest would hold a skull, the pagan priest, and he would say to the man in front of him, remember you are mortal. Remember your death. Remember you will die. That, that's a reminder to all men, to all people. You are mortal. You're going to die. You're not a God. You're not forever. All right. You cannot, even to this day, there are believe, um, they, they say that people with these rich uh, multi-trillionaires believe that they can somehow escape death, that they can live forever. I, You know what? It wouldn't surprise me if that's true. Because... There's a lot of people that want science to discover the secrets of eternal life. And that is dangerous because that leads to madness. You are mortal. I am mortal. 
they are mortal. They can't, like the uh, Psalm says, a man cannot, what, 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 what can a man give for the, for the price of his soul? The price is too high. Okay. You cannot escape judgment. You have to answer for your sins. I have to answer for my sins. And we have to stand before our creator who is our true father who made us, molded us, gave us life, brought us into existence with a thought. Anyway, <clears throat> let's begin. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Kyrie Elysion, Kyrie Elysion, Kyrie Elysion, Christe Elysion, Christe Elysion, Christe Elysion, Kyrie Elysion, Kyrie Elysion, Kyrie Elysion. Enter Santophon from Jeremiah chapter 31, and it's combined with Isaiah chapter 35 verse 4. Hear the word of the Lord, O nations, declare it to the distant lands. Behold, our Savior will come. You need no longer fear. Hear the word of the Lord, O nations, declare it to the distant lands. Behold, our Savior will come. You, you need no longer fear. It's actually Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 10, and Isaiah chapter 35, verse 4. Incline a merciful ear to our cry, we pray, O Lord, and casting light on the darkness of our hearts, visit, visit us with the grace of your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. First reading is from Numbers, chapter 24, verse 2 to 7 and 15 to 17. A star shall advance from Jacob. This is from the uh, one of the books of Moses. I think it's the um, fourth book of Moses. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, uh, Deuteronomy, Numbers, I'm going to take a guess. One of the five books of Moses, I can't, I don't know which one it falls in line. But anyway, a star shall advance from Jacob. A reading from the book of Numbers, the book of Moses. When Balaam raised his eyes and saw Israel encamped tribe by tribe, the Spirit of God came upon him and he gave voice to his oracle. The utterance of Balaam, son of Beor, the utterance of a man whose eye is true, the utterance of one who hears what God says and knows what the Most High knows, of one who sees what the Almighty sees, enraptured and with eyes unveiled, <clears throat> excuse me, with eyes unveiled. How godly are your tents, O Jacob, your encampments, O Israel. They are like gardens beside a stream like cedars planted by the Lord. His wells shall yield free-flowing waters. He shall have the sea within reach. His king shall rise, raise, rise higher, and his royalty shall be exalted. Then Balaam gave voice to his oracle. The utterance of Balaam, son of Beor, the utterance of the man whose eye is true, the utterance of one who hears what God says, and knows what the Most High knows, of one who sees what the Almighty sees, 
enraptured and with eye unveiled. I see him, though not now. I behold him, though not near. A star shall advance from Jacob, and a staff shall rise from Israel. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This is interesting. Here you have a pagan prophet, a pagan priest. His job was to curse the Israelites. But every time he opened his mouth, he wound up saying a blessing. And the king of the Edomites was angry with him. Doesn't understand why this guy would, why are you blessing them? I hired you to curse them. That's basically the whole point here. And it's uh, interesting how the, the words here, the utterance of one who hears what God says and knows what the Most High knows, of one who sees what the Almighty sees, enraptured with, with the eyes unveiled. How godly are your tents, O Jacob, How uh, your encampments, O Israel. They are like the gardens beside a stream, a call back to Eden, a call back to also a call to the future uh, when finally all of creation reaches God uh, perfects all of creation, takes back what is his, like the cedars planted by the by the Lord, his wells shall yield free flowing waters, uh, the waters of the gospel, the waters of salvation, the waters of grace, the waters of eternal life. He shall have the sea within the reach, his king shall his king shall rise higher, talking about Jesus the Christ. Then he goes on, the utterance of Balaam, son of Beor, the utterance of a man whose eye is true, the utterance of one who hears what God says and knows what the Most High knows, of one who sees what the Almighty sees and enraptured with the eye unveiled. I see him, though not now. I behold him, though not near. A star shall advance from Jacob and a staff shall rise from Israel. Now it ends here. But there's a part where it says, Adam's reign shall come to an end. And some scholars believe that that's what probably bothered Herod the Great before he ordered the death of the Holy Innocent. The fact that there was that these wise men came to see the Messiah and the fact that he that they came to pay homage to this unknown newborn king of the Jews is what scared Herod and the prophecy that ba that Adam's reign shall come to an end. He took that personally to himself. Very interesting, right? That's something I hope will come across soon. So uh, this will give you an idea of what Herod's thoughts were if that comes on, because I, I there's a passage in there and a lot of scholars theologians believe that's what that's what frightened Herod the Great so you God can use anyone even a pagan to speak truth even though the pagan had no relationship he shared no part in Israel's faith but God God can God is not bound by his own laws the laws he gives us are for us to give balance and 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 you know um you know a compass for us to follow to be able to keep our world in order so that we don't go out of control and like what's happening now with everything it's to help us to to balance our way through this life 
we only have one life, but you can't live a life without moral, a moral compass. Okay, let's move on to the next. All right, Psalm 25. And the response is, teach me your ways, O Lord. Your ways, O Lord, make known to me. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me, teach me, for you are God, my Savior. Teach me your ways, O Lord. Remember that your compa- remember that your compassion, O Lord, and your kindness are from of old. In your kindness, remember me because of your goodness, O Lord. Teach me your ways, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord. Thus he shows sinners the way. He guides the humble to justice. He teaches the humble his way. Teach me your ways, O Lord. Your ways, O Lord, make known to me. Teach me your path. Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are God my Savior. Teach me your ways, O Lord. Remember that your compassion, O Lord, and your kindness are from of old. In your kindness, remember me because of your goodness, O Lord. Teach me your ways, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord, that he shows sinners the way. He guides the humble to justice. He teaches the humble his way. Teach me your ways, O Lord. Okay. Alleluia, alleluia. Show us, Lord, your love and grant us your salvation. Alleluia, alleluia. Psalm 85, verse 8. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, chapter 21, verse 23 to 27. John's baptism, where did it come from? When Jesus had come into the temple area, the chief priests and the elders of the people approached him as he was teaching and said, By what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? Jesus said to, the, said to them in reply, I shall ask you one question, and if you answer it for me, then I shall tell you by what authority I do these things. Where was John's baptism from? Was it of heavenly or of human origin? They discussed this among themselves and said, If we say of heavenly origin, he will say to us, Then why did you not believe him? But if we say of human origin, we fear the crowd, for they all regard John as a prophet. So they said to Jesus in reply, We do not know. He himself said to them, Neither shall I tell you by what authority I do these things. One more time. When Jesus had come into the temple area, the chief priests and the elders of the people approached him as he was teaching and said, By what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? Jesus said to them in reply, I shall ask you one question. And if you answer it for me, then I shall tell you by what authority I do these things. Where was John's baptism from? Was it of heavenly or of human origin? They discussed this among themselves and said, If we say of heavenly origin, he will say to us, Then why did you not believe him? But if we say of human origin, we fear the crowd, for they all regard John as a prophet. They said to Jesus in reply, We do not know. He himself, he himself said to them, Neither shall I tell you by what authority I do, these, I do these things. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So in this passage, this is obviously after the death of John the Baptist. The chief priests um, came and they uh, challenged Jesus about his teaching. And uh, 
They want to know by what authority and who gave him this authority. And Jesus, um, he, this is a good lesson to how to deal with opponents. I will answer your question if you will answer mine first. You know, um, he's, he goes on to say, by what authority, he asked him, by what authority was John's baptism? Was it from heaven, God, or was it by men, human origin? Them, these chief priests were careful, careful to, uh, they had to retreat back a little bit. If we say from heaven, uh, he would say, well, why didn't you believe him? If we say from men, the people will uh, might uh, attack us because they believe John to be a prophet. And so they decided to say, we don't know. <laughs> they cut a paint. It's still, they painted themselves in the corner. Jesus himself um, tells them, well, I'm not going to answer you anything. And then, you know, I won't tell you by what authority I do this. Um, he's, you know, but he goes to say that, um, you know, neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. In a sense, they're really more concerned about their authority their power, their control. But it goes to show you the difficulty that they, um, the problem here. I, this is my view. At this point, I don't think they cared. They didn't care. They didn't, I mean, they wanted the people to keep thinking that the Messiah is coming. But in reality, they didn't want any Messiah to come and challenge their authority or their relationship with the Romans. A corruption crept in. It's like, it's like, it's like this right now. I mean, there's this stuff going on about <clears throat> what's going on with the Vatican, what's going on with Pope Francis and his posse. And I call them posses because the, the liberal pro progressives within the church don't really care about, they don't really believe about the moral teachings of the church. They don't care. What really they're more concerned about was is creating a church that's compatible with the world. And they know that the liberal part of the church is, is not, it, it, you know, are indifferent. They know that the liberals, the homosexuals, and the the, the transgender and uh, the environmental don't care about the faith, and in reality, they don't really care about the faith. But they know that they can't run an institution without people who truly believe in the faith, and they still need people who believe in the faith in order to keep the church financially alive. I mean, think about it. Why would you want to belong to an institution that doesn't believe what it teaches? That doesn't believe in its own theology? That doesn't believe in its own morality? 
Why would you want to belong to that? And they know this. They know this. So they, <clears throat> in this case, this is the same thing that was going on in Jesus' day. The church, the, the church, the temple, became an institution that has been infiltrated by outside political materialistic relativism. And this is the same thing what's happening today. And regardless what, the two are going to come headways. John the Baptist was calling people to repentance. And he was disrupting the the structure of the, uh, of, of the temple. All right, people were people were being called away and they were being called out in the wilderness and John is pointing directly to their sin. In the Sunday readings, the, the crowds came to him and asked him, what is it that we should do? And these people, <clears throat> they, they're, John is winning them over by pointing out the sins, by making them to honestly look at themselves and see their faults. The Monsignor in church said the other day, "What we, you know, you have to take off the mask, the mask that you wear, the liar that you are, and look at yourself. If you were to stand before God today, would you be able to 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 make it through Judgment Day? And I don't think any of us would." They, didn't, they don't really want to see that. They don't care. They want the appearance of repentance, but not the substance of repentance. They want the appear, Some people want the appearance of religion, but not the true substance of religion, a true substance of faith. That's where the problem lies. There is a constant double standard here. The appearance of faith, but not the substance of faith. You go into the desert... It doesn't have all the trappings of faith, but it has the substance of faith. The people, it may not be a temple out there. And John, was, John is not wearing a vestment. John the Baptist is not wearing a vestment. Proper liturgical settings, but there's the substance of faith. And that's what John the Baptist is, is doing. You have to, One has to look at the substance of faith. And if you don't have the substance of faith, you don't really have, you'd only have the appearance. And that's just... An illusion. That's just a mask that you're wearing. And this is something for all of us to think about. We have to think about this. That's why we have to remember. So when these men would not answer it, Jesus simply decided to tell them, well, I'm not going to answer you then since you refuse to give me an answer. It's fair. I think it's fair for all of us. I think it's fair, you know, in every way, we have to have the uh, we have to have not just appearance, but the substance of faith. And John the Baptist, in many ways, represents that. And that's what's happening here today. We have <clears throat> uh, too many of the bishops, too many of our leaders running with politicians. Uh, too many of them making exceptions that are not for them to to make. And we have to we have to go back 
and reclaim the substance of faith, the spiritual substance of faith. All right, let's end it here. And um, let's say in Our Father, first let's start with the, the Kiri. Um, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.